Welcome back to All22. Um, before we hop into the show, wanted to give a quick blurb out there, for lack of a better word, um, and encourage folks to um, go ahead and put their names in the hat for our monthly giveaway. Uh, for June, we're switching it up a little bit. May was mental health awareness, um, but June, we're shifting it to Black Lives Matter, in particular, um, Black History, so to speak. We got to have that more than just February. Um, so this month, we're still giving away two things, but first, we're going to give away um, some merchandise so you either get a uh, relentless tank or a relentless crop top um, and then you get to pick between Richard Rothstein's The Color of Law and Michael T. Martin's The Spook Who Sat by the Door uh, I've read both books they are absolutely amazing and I think they should be required reading um, for anyone I think who, who wants to remotely understand black history in the context of America um, so how do you become eligible step one gift at least a five dollar donation you can do that by going to relentless.love on that home page, you'll see a tab at the top that says make a contribution. Click on that. It'll take you to the page. Or you can um, follow us on social media and you'll see the links on there. But first step is you give at least a $5 donation. Um, the more money we bring in, the more uplifting content we can produce. Step two, like or follow us on two out of three of our social media pages. So Instagram, we're relentless.love. That's relentless, D-O-T, spelled out, and then love. Twitter is relent.love, again, R-E-L-E-N-T-D-O-T-L-O-V-E. And then Facebook, same as Instagram, relentless.love. And then three, after you've won, you choose your apparel item. So it's really quick, really small. Two things. Make a $5 donation, at least. You can do more, but make at least a $5 donation. Uh, and then just like or follow us on two of our three social media pages. So easy, very low buy-in. And when you're the lucky winner, you get a free apparel item, either a tank or a crop top. Um, we don't, can't forget the ladies. Uh, and then you pick which book you want, The Color of Law or The Spook Who Sat by the Door. Um, again, I recommend both books, and this is just a way for you all to really help uh, help support us. The more money we bring in, again, the more uplifting content we can create. Uh, contest begins Tuesday, June 9th, so by the time this uh, podcast goes up, we'll be rolling. Um, and the winner will be announced on Tuesday, June 30th. Uh, on all our social media platforms. So if you like what we're doing, you support us, go ahead and um, join uh, join that contest. And uh, yeah, here's the show. Yo, welcome back to All22. Uh, Fred Curtis here, alongside Kelly Dawsey. Um, we were just talking about the need for haircuts and how I think I've reached my wits in on two things. One is I'm done wearing hats on these little zoom calls yeah. for work. And yeah, I just like, look, barbershops closed. It's a pandemic. They don't like my nappy yet. Blackhead. You'll be all right. Um, and then two, I think I'm gonna break down and get a cut tomorrow, man. But uh, so I, I've had a few cause I'm lucky. Uh, my barber stays in my neighborhood. So Oh, you <laughs> I can literally, I can't, I can get one every week if I wanted to. I just, you know, I just choose not to just cause I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and then Facts. You know, uh, when I work out, I wear a hat anyway, but when I go to the store, I put on a hat for 30 minutes and then I come home and take it off. But when you just get the, you just look in the mirror in the morning, I'm like, right, it's gotta go. I'm not going right. anywhere, but this, it, it has to go. It's rough. <laughs> so I, I may, I might get one this week. You know, I'm a, I am going to get one this week. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, I reached my peak. It's been, what, like last year, because I was March 9th, so. And it's hot. And it's hot. It's getting hotter. It's getting it's hotter. Yeah. 
Like I'm hot in the house right now with this hat on. I don't know why I got this hat on right now. <laughs> I took mine off, but I said I can't do this no more. I've I've reached the max. Um, yeah, I feel you, man. <laughs> I'm not going. I'm gonna I'm gonna just like try to touch my face up. I'm still wearing a mask. I'm not to that point yet. Oh the head, yeah. The yeah. head, the head got it. It gotta go. It gotta go. Yeah, I'm a, I'm with you, man. I'm a, I'm gonna get a cut this week. I gotta <laughs> I gotta set that up soon. <laughs> Solidarity, man. Black black haircuts matter. Um, yep. <laughs> All right, bro. Today we have in top ten wide receivers right now. Um, it's in the middle of what is it, second week of June. So um, mm-hmm. starting next week, man, we'll we'll we still got dive into um, the defensive side of the ball. So top ten on the front seven, top ten DBs right now, um, and then we're going full into season preview mode. I don't know how many days left until college football, but it's June eighth. Season starts what August thirty first, something. I think August this year. Yeah. So I think it's right August, around August thirty first. Yeah, so right around the corner, um, students are back on campuses. So, I mean, football is going to happen. Uh, again, like probably – it's going to be kind of weird, though, watching it because, you know, it'll probably be like 20,000 folks in the in 100,000 seat stadiums. Um, they're going to do a great job. They, they're going to – it's going to remind me of um, how they do NBA games. Mm, you know okay, how it's, it's black – well, not the tarp. It's just how it's just on – if you're watching uh, – if you're watching on TV, it's just dark. That makes so sense. It, especially, and I used to see it, I'm like, why is it so dark? But then it made sense. That way, if it's not a lot of fans, then they're not even showing. If it is, it is. But if it's not, you know, it's just dark and you really can't even see the fans in the stadium unless you're on the first couple rows. Yeah. No, that I'm, makes I'm, sense. I'm thinking it's going to be something like that. I think you still have to space them out. Yeah. Um, so I think NFL stadiums hold about 60 to 80, something like that. So you're looking at maybe half, maybe less, <laughs> about 40% of what they can fit. That's still not bad. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you might. No, nah, never The Chargers is bad. Oh, man. They, <laughs> that, oh, they're they, moving into that billion-dollar palace now. So. Is it this year, though? Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. It's supposed never to be mind. done. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see the uh, the spaceship in Las Vegas. Oh, that, that thing. I, nice. I don't even – I don't care for the Raiders, but I want to go to that stadium. I do, too. That <laughs> thing looked nice, bro. Um, I was actually in Vegas last year. So it wasn't anywhere near as complete as, as it is now. But when I drove by it, I was, man, that thing literally looks like, you know, aliens just came down and was like, here, this is where we're going to set up base. It's so like random. It's so – it's they did a good job. Just because the Raiders, the, you know, the black hole, the, like it's – that was a great decision to make that all black. Oh, yeah. It fits. Although that yeah. thing has to be like mad hot and the, the power bills there have to, are going to be ridiculous because it's black in the middle of the desert. But I, I always wonder, just, you know, just for the fun of it, what is the arenas and stadiums right. power bill? I just somebody, somebody has to pay that. Like, I want to see. <laughs> you're not getting it for free. Some is, no. you know, obviously the fans who are going to the stadium, that money is going towards that. But like, what is that bill? Yeah. What is Walmart's bill every month? Yeah, like, no, that's real. It, it never shuts off. <laughs> I'm thinking about like the, the person who literally has to like put the card info in. Like yes. <laughs> some some person probably making sixty five thousand dollars a year. Yep. Who pays yep. the the bill monthly? Who's like, oh, can I can you fill this one hundred fourteen thousand? More more than that, dude. You you think about since we're talking about stadiums. I went. Um, this was actually the what's this? This was the Falcons Super Bowl year. I went to the first game against Tampa. 
Um, and I went to the, the playoff game against Seattle. So, and I thought about it. So on average, let's say, I say on average, but let's say parking is $40. All right, let, 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 that is generous. That is generous. But I'm I'm giving I'm giving yeah. you know what I'm I'm just averaging because if you get real close to the stadium, you can spend about 100 200 bucks. But so let's say parking is forty forty dollars. I think that stadium seats between like seventy seven and eighty. So forty times eighty thousand, they just made three point two million just from parking. Okay, not including the concessions all right not including concessions not including the merchandise so you're literally looking at paying um you're paying half every sunday every week you're paying probably half your roster salary yeah that's from stadium costs <laughs> just think about how much money that is man and and, and when i thought about it i'm like they really be tripping about players holding out bro really they really do <laughs> like they you're really making you're making that players you're making that player's salary probably his four-year salary in a couple Sundays come on now not including what goes on in the offseason that's mm-hmm. yeah that's that's just random but I thought about that I'm like I I, I can't stand billionaires because they <laughs> oh no well, I, I can't stand the people who cape for the billionaires like why right. are you dude the guy makes billions and you're worried about this player who's making 1% of his salary. And you're saying, nah, go to work. No, <laughs> who cares? He's That's what blows me. Money. Yeah. I don't get these folks who like a couple of weeks ago, folks were all up on, Oh yeah. I'm mad at Jeff Bezos and yet you're buying off Amazon. It's like, okay, yeah, I live in society. Excuse me for having to participate in society. But it's like, yes. I didn't allow him to create a monopoly by which it just happens to be one of the only places I can get things during a global pandemic when everything is closed and I can't go out. Like, and what? In, in two days. <laughs> in two days. <laughs> like, Dude, when it first started, they were like over, uh, they were under, prom- under promise, but over deliver. Yeah. It's going to take four to six days. That thing was on my doorstep tomorrow. <laughs> like I don't care if this guy's a trillionaire like that he made it like why am I mad at him <laughs> right good for him but I'm also not gonna c- cape for him like he's like oh people say he should pay higher taxes I'm not gonna sit here and defend him like I'm not. that's that's I, one like Jeff Bezos is not gonna sleep with you and write you a check just because you're on Twitter saying oh he worked so hard for it and started out of his garage like free me like go sit down yeah. go away with your little pick me tweet and your little pick me status all right jeff doesn't know your name he's not going to know your name so you don't need to keep defending him um but two it's just like the chances of you making a billion dollars the same chances of me growing a 610 like it can happen but it's but just it's, not very likely it's um, not. <laughs> um and three it's just like shut up anyway i don't know um stadium's always at he earned it who cares? Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> thing. Move on. More power yeah. to you. Hopefully, he keeps giving some money. Hopefully, he treats his workers better. Anyway, let's not go down that road. <laughs> but stadiums are interesting to me because, like, <clears throat> I think – and one thing, like, people talk bad about Stan Kroenke. I talk bad about Stan Kroenke because I'm an Arsenal fan. Um, English football, real football. But anyway, um, and he's, he's been a, you know, a not-so-good owner. But he just straight up said, forget y'all. I'm just going to pay – I'm going to use my own money to, to build this stadium, which I always appreciate. Cause like, yeah. I look, I'm a sports fan. I love sports, but 
I do not, I don't think a single dime should go towards building sports stadiums and arenas. I just don't. Public, I don't money, either. public money. Yeah, I don't either. They didn't ask for it. No. And like, <laughs> we need schools, we need roads, we need, like, it doesn't matter what city it is or how well the city is run. You always need more schools or better schools or better roads, better bridges, whatever it is. And it's just like, we should not be giving money to these billionaires so they can then make more money, but then keep people out who end up paying most of the money to build the stadium. Like, like I don't know how much the state of Georgia handed out for the new Falcon Stadium. I think it was like, um, I remember reading it. Like, let's just say it was, how much do you think that stadium was? I think it was like $2 billion or something. I think it was, I think it was less than $2 billion, but let's just say, let's just say it was $1.5. Like, the state of Georgia or Atlanta pay like three hundred, you know, grand or something like that. But yeah, I, I agree because Arthur Blank literally wanted a new stadium just so he can have a Super Bowl in Atlanta. There was nothing wrong with the Georgia Dome. There's nothing wrong with that place. But Roger Goodell said, you know what? It's not state of art, state of the art. So we're not going to hold a Super Bowl here. Oh, let me let the taxpayers pay for this new stadium so I can get more money so I can bring more events to Atlanta and I keep all the money. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but. And then yeah. like most of the folks like, I mean, cause people pay the most in taxes are like solidly working class to lower middle class. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you make $70,000 a year. You're doing pretty well for yourself, but can you afford tickets to see the Falcons? Can you afford tickets to the Final Four? You darn sure can't afford tickets to the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Probably, like, probably not because you're making 70 grand, but you have two kids. Right. <laughs> so like, and that's it's not a drives, lot of money. That's what drives me crazy about it. Um, 1.2 billion, by the way. So you were right. 1.2. Um, well, apparently they're not done finishing stuff. So it's going to come in at 1.6, which I guess the Home Depot garden is what needs to be done. I don't know. Um, Allegiant Stadium was 1.84 billion. U.S. Bank Stadium was 1.061 bit. This is absurd. One, like, one billion. A billion dollars. And I went to two games that last year to Georgetown. I was like, there's nothing wrong with this place. Nothing. Absolutely it was nothing. nothing wrong. And I think, was 17 the last year? 16. The year they went to the Super Bowl. Last game there was the NFC title game. Okay. Well, that's what, my bad. That's what I meant. So, yeah, I went to two games that year. And, like you said, it was only 20 years old. That's ridiculous. Renovations, maybe, but still, come out of your own pocket. <laughs> yeah, whenever I run for office, man, it's going to be the first things I do. Like, I don't know, we, we shouldn't have a dime of public money. I think we're the only country that does that, too. Like, in Europe, you got you to you pay for your own stadium. Um, we're the only country that does a lot of things. Hello. Yeah, I'm going to send you a video on IG where um, an American guy was interviewing some, some, some people, some random people on the street. And um, I think it was London, but he was asking them like, hey, how much do you think um, an ambulance is in America? How much yeah, do you think is an EpiPen? Like it was, they were like so surprised and it hurt me because they were like $40. I'm like, what? <laughs> you really think that's $40? <laughs> $2,500 because I stepped foot in that ambulance. <laughs> foot. Oh, I just got an alert that's uh, about your boy Dabble. I can't wait to... Uh, oh, my goodness. I can't wait to watch that video when we get off. <laughs> oh, he just put out a video statement? Mm-hmm. Says it's 14 minutes long. Oh, can't wait. Oh, my goodness. What is he yeah. going to do? The, some dance? Two weeks later. 
Is he gonna, he's gonna try to quote <laughs> Exodus and Exodus then Martin Luther King? Yeah, oh, he loved Martin Luther King. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> I can't stand Dabble Sweeney. <laughs> Top 10 wide receivers in the game right now. This was a tough list to do, too. Um, because this I think, was easier than running backs, though, for me. Oh, yeah, way easier than running backs, but. Well, the top, the top, well, we'll get into it. But I think the top five is pretty easy. And then the bottom five is where, like, I, if, if anybody with a respectable football opinion made a list, I think you could get away with. You get away with top five. Six through 20 being all over the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even top yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. The only solid ones I think are, mm, I think you're top, solid. I, mean, we, <laughs> I think your top two gotta, has to be a certain way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I do think, too. I don't think you can argue about top two, three or four. Uh, a, a certain team down south can. Well, yeah, because that's just their <laughs> wide receiver just runs two yard slants. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll get there. But this was a little bit tough. So number ten, I had a tie because I just wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be annoying. I didn't do any metrics for this or anything, but I did look at stats. Obviously, I, I had um, a, I had a system. I had a. I, a system on how I ranked them. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to explain it, but um, I have Amari Cooper and Cortland Sutton, both at number 10. Cooper with Dallas, Sutton in Denver. Um, last year, Amari had 79 catches for 1,189 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, yeah. But 15.1 yards per catch, which I think is middle of the pack for elite wideouts. Um, but shows that he's still got some some big playability. Um which I think he's he's a he's a route tree magician. Oh, like he can yeah. run his routes. Are- I mean, he does, he doesn't miss a step. I think. Well, I was about to say, Jerry. I, I think his floor, Jerry Judy's floor, is like Amari Cooper, um, who's a guy who's just a tremendous route runner. You know, Judy has way better hands. We'll, we'll get into that. But um, Cooper tied at ten, and then Cortland Sutton, who had a sneaky good year. Um, with with some mediocre quarterback play, I mean, besides the five starts that Drew Locke had, which were good, you know, they weren't they weren't great or fantastic. I went through and finally finished watching them, um, but he looks promising. You know, I would I would give the keys to him. But Sutton has seventy two catches for eleven hundred yards, six touchdowns, fifteen point four yards per catch. I think he had Joe Flacco throwing him the ball most of the year. Yep, which, and then Drew Locke. Yeah, which you know, look, Flacco always has a place in my heart. He won my team a Super Bowl, <laughs> but. That was that was eight years ago, um, so I was kind of surprised at those at those two. That's, those are the two I had tied at ten. What about yours? I have uh, I go ten uh, ten nine. I had Stephon Diggs, and kind of like kind of like Cooper, not a burner, but the guy man, he's I'm a I'm a sec I'm a secondary guy, so obviously I watch a lot of receivers, and so that kind of went in into my ranking. So my my four. Um, the four things I, I based it off of was production, the system that they're in, as far as um, who's calling the plays, um, how they, you know, move them around and things like that. The skill set, like just pure talent alone. Plus, I mean, obviously, who's their quarterback? So, like, some <laughs> you can go to, you know, you go to New England, you go to New Orleans. That's a big one. Look. You're going to, it's going to jump up. Your stats are going to jump up. Yep. So I use all four of those. With Stefan Diggs, you got Kirk Cousins. He's a stat guy. You know, Money he's going to throw it all over the place. Money Heist is probably not going to win you a big game, but he can throw, he can get you 400 yards. <laughs> get you 400 yards. So 
uh, then Adam Thing- uh, Thielen came on the scene, so he's splitting he's splitting catches with him, and he still he caught sixty three passes and uh, a little over eleven hundred yards, but he averaged eighteen yards reception and six touchdowns, and that's with another guy you know on the other side. Yeah, and I think Thielen got way more targets than him, so. Um, yeah, Diggs only saw 94 targets last year. Yeah. Hopefully he and Josh Allen can click and, you know, he's going to be number one target over there. So he, he's definitely going to see more targets. Um, he'll probably – he should be up to like 90 catches in, <laughs> in Buffalo, man. Uh, nine, this guy, I wonder if he's healthy. First off, he's healthy, has his head on straight. And if he's not in Cleveland, he's a top three guy. <laughs> I had Odell Beckham at uh, number nine. And the only, oh. literally the only reason I have him at nine was because, for one, Baker Mayfield is all over the place. He had a rookie head coach. Fair. And it's Cleveland. <laughs> so those three things just derailed his numbers last year. But he still caught 74 passes, a little over 1,000 yards, 14 yards of reception. All right. And he had 133 targets. A lot. When I watch Cleveland and I watch Baker Mayfield, everything was off target. So, and you know, with 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 Odell, he can catch almost anything. His radius, he's oh, not nice. like 6'4", but if it's near him, he catches the ball. Oh, yeah. So that says a lot about Baker that he couldn't get the ball to him a lot more. But he's still the only – only season that he didn't go over a thousand yards was uh, 2017, and he only played four games. So, thousand um, yards every other season. That's with Eli Manning. <laughs> so, I have uh, Odell would would be higher on my list, but just because of recent production, he's at number nine. Yeah, see, I didn't have Odell on my list, um, and maybe I should have. I think I think mine is. I think my argument for not having him on my list is probably the opposite of yours and that he's so good and so naturally talented. He should have 1500 yards receiving every year. I mean, and and I, and I know that's like, that's a stretch, but that's how good he is. Now, granted, if if you put him in the context of, you know, play calling quarterback, offensive coordinator, cool. I understand that he should still be 80 and 1200 every year, period. Um, and and I think that's my only, that's my only sort of gripe with them is just like, you know, because even with Eli Manning at sixteen, he had a hundred catches for thirteen hundred yards uh, and ten touchdowns. You know, basically the only target. The only target. <laughs> that's that's with Eli, and so it's just like, you know, just naturally off raw talent and ability. I think, like I say, he should always be eighty and twelve hundred. Now again, that offense was abysmal. Freddie Kitchens had no business being a head coach. You know, he's got Baker Mayfield, who you know is Baker Mayfield. Um, but I think this is, I think this is an important year for him. Not that his career is anywhere near over cause it's not, uh, he can catch the football, even when his athleticism goes, like he's still going to, he might actually be better as he gets older because the antics he, are going away one yeah. and two, he's not going to, cause I think he probably relies too much on his physical ability right now. Yeah. And so I think like, as far as wide receivers, if you're catching that many passes, you're, you're smart. It's not like high school. You don't just run 10 yards and cut to the post. Right. Like, you just – like, you have to read defenses on the fly. You got to be, you know, connected with your quarterback. You know, y'all got to be on the same page, all of that. So, 
he has he showed that he's he can already do that yes the best hands you can argue in the league he makes these great catches so obviously if he gets some type of <laughs> connection with baker and they have a consistent oc i hope he gets out of cleveland but oh. if have any type of consistency dude he's going to keep getting better like there's no reason it literally like you said 80 and 1200 every year I don't care who's the quarterback. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it can it can be JP Lossman, who that well, some people might that might that probably just dated me. Uh, JP. <laughs> doesn't matter whoever I use because he went to Tulane. Anyway, uh, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is though. Like yeah. you said, like he could. Yeah, oh, you know who should pick up the phone right now? Who? Philly, Howie Roseman. I give you yeah. one and a three. Um. No, football trades don't make sense. I give you two and a four. They don't make sense. They don't. They don't like, make sense. But two and a four bet. They're starting to make sense because Buffalo or Minnesota got a first rounder out of Stephen Diggs. So well, the NFL slowly starting to catch up. Trades never made sense for like two decades. But, <laughs> you know, now they're starting to wise up. And um, if he's worth the first, Odell is worth the first. As oh, far as talent, yeah. Without yeah. question. But a two and a four, I bet. Cleveland takes that. Without question. They're not winning anything next year. <laughs> no. You give me Carson – you give him Carson Wentz? Oh, man. Somebody send this tape to Howie Roseman. That's, that's, that'd be ridiculous. Yeah, we need that in our lives. I just – I also just want him in a big market. Yeah, he's not – he had – New York was perfect. It was perfect. Because it just the way his, his persona and everything, like how he – like just him has to be – he has to be in a big market. <laughs> you know who he reminds be. me of from uh he is uh I think he's probably gonna end up being the NFL's version of Shaq, which is supremely That's... talented. Yep. Um and he's just the right amount of hard work. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you always know there's another level he could have gone to that he just didn't want to. Um but, like, after football, I mean, that guy's going to be in, like, two new movies a year. Oh, yeah. Probably going to have run through, like, three or four marriages with, like, and every woman just gets hotter than the last woman. Um, <laughs> and that's probably going to be ODB. Because, like, my thing with Shaq is just, like, Shaq should have been way better. We don't we don't hound him enough for that. Like, we don't, man. You know? We don't. And, and that's it's because like, he's so likable. He's so likable. And it's, like, cool. I think I think he intentionally – sort of like develop that persona because that's what he wanted more out of. And that's cool. But like I, be, I saw some list a few weeks ago. Like everybody was making their top 10 list and all this other stuff, I guess, because people started disrespecting Tim Duncan. And I saw Shaq on some of those. I'm like, Shaq is not a top 10 player of all time. Like he should be. And he's one of the should most be. dominant during an era. But like Shaq should have won six rings easily. Like you could not stop him from 95 to. You couldn't. 04? Yeah. I don't, I, I, you got to go back to that Pistons series. I don't know what he averaged against Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace when they lost. Oh, he was but, a monster. But then he got traded to Miami. He was still like 22 and 10, but that wasn't the Shaq, the dominating Shaq. Literally, 90, I'd say 94. <laughs> I think they went to the finals in 94, 95 or 95, 96. They went to the finals in 94, 95. No, was it the, it's one of them years. 94, 95. Was, yep. Okay, because he got to the Lakers the same year Kobe got drafted in 96. Yeah. So from 94, he had an 11-year 
11 season span where he nobody's gonna stop him. Nobody. But that should have been from rookie year to whenever he just his knees start aching. Yeah. His knees really didn't start aching until like Phoenix. No, he still had it his whole time in Miami. I mean, he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't like the the dominant force, like just throwing Scott yeah. Pollard and Lawrence Funderburk all over the place anymore, like he was. Uh and Rick Smith and just, you know, anybody else who just got in his way between 2000 and 2002 when they won, you know, when they had that three peak, but he was still, like you said, 22 and 10 guy, which is, which is absurd. It's pretty good. <laughs> and, and like, that's, that's what I see with Odell. It's just like Odell's, if he plays enough games, he's always going to give you 70 and a thousand. And it's like, that's good. But you, yeah. even with a bad quarterback and system, you should always you should give him 80 that. and 1200. Yeah. And, and in, a, in a good system with a decent quarterback, you should give me 90 and 15. And in your career year, bro, I need, I need 100 for like 1,800. Yeah. And, and I want to see that out of him. I just haven't <laughs> seen that. I got you. That, and, I mean, that makes sense. You know, and, and I think that's why I left him off my list. If we're the most talented, oh, I mean. Of course. Top He's three. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. Odell, please get out of Cleveland. Um, please. Find your way to L- Ooh, Miami. Yeah, well, yeah. that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, but I'm about to go on another tangent. Um, I had Diggs at number six, by the way, for some of the same okay. some of the same reasons, which I think was honestly a little too high, to be totally honest with you. I think a part of that for me was a little bit of foreshadowing or what I think will be from a production standpoint this year, uh, just because he's going to be the main target. And look, Josh Allen is all over the place from an accuracy standpoint. But what he allows them to do and what I, what I think, what I hope Brian Dayball is going to do a lot of is a lot of play action, a lot of rolling outside the pocket, a lot of sucking the defense up so he can, he can go downfield to digs. Uh, and jo- he, Allen can throw a deep ball. Now, you know, it's not always accurate, but nobody's fully accurate on deep ball. So um, I just think he's finally going to get an opportunity to have an Adam Thielen year where he has 100-plus targets you know, puts up 14, 1,500 yards, so on and so forth. There was clearly something there that just wasn't right between him and Mike Zimmer, too. Um, it, it was. It was. And, and I hated the – because we heard throughout the season that he was complaining and all of that. But then you see, like, I saw literally later in the season and in playoff games that he was cheering his teammates on the sideline. So it was, he, he was obviously frustrated. Because, hey, man, I'm not getting these targets. And he's open. <laughs> you can't tell me he's not open. So It didn't make any yeah, sense. Spe- it didn't. But, obviously, I mean, you got to take into account, you got Adam Thielen and you got Cal Rudolph and Dalvin Cook emerged. So, uh, bro, you're not going to get all the targets. But he'll get a lot more targets. Um, he's not a burner, so I don't expect, like, you know, 18 yards per catch. Probably not, but I think he'll be, you know, he, he should be up there with a, about 100 catches this year. I think oh, yeah. so. Oh, yeah. He won't go full Michael Thomas on us. But, <laughs> I mean, th- this year from week six through eight, he just had a monster stretch. Where I guess he was just out of his mind um, where he had 11, seven catches, 167 yards. I remember those. And then he had back-to-back seven catches for 143 yards, which – uh, there's got to be some something in the water where you have seven catches for 143 yards back-to-back weeks. Anyway, the exact same stat line. Um, I don't know. And I, it seemed like drop the production, the the buy-in, just the overall just sort of demeanor just sort of tailed off after that. 
Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't particularly know what it is. I'm excited to see him in an environment where he's the number one target, though. And mm-hmm. and look, you know, he might go full peerless price on us. You know, who 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 knows? <laughs> um, but I'm I'm I I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have a chance to to really put up monster numbers this year, like you said. Um, and I, I think it's actually kind of a good fit. I'm not a huge Josh Allen fan, but I think we talk about this all the time. Is is Josh Allen a elite no will he ever be an elite quarterback no but do i think you can get to a super bowl with josh allen if you got the right roster yes and that roster ain't far from being just right it's not bad <laughs> i think he won they won 10 11 games last year yeah and like they weren't they weren't bad and every every game you were like how are they in this game have a good coach they have a good defense they have a quarterback who can just make plays. Mm-hmm. Not great, but he improvises, he makes plays. Exactly. Now, now you add a number one receiver. Hey. That's a sneaky good thing. I still I still see like these national pundits picking New England to win the division. And I'm just like, I don't see it. I don't know if y'all on this, you know, Bill Belichick jock sniff thing still, but like, you know, we can get yeah. off that. Um yeah. yeah, if you if you're not picking Buffalo in that division, I don't I don't really know what's going on in your head. Um, number eight at AJ Brown, Tennessee, uh, monster year, 52 catches, 1,051 yards, eight touchdowns, 20 yards per catch with Ryan Tannehill. Now, look, I know Derek Henry got a lot to do with that. Yeah. Um, because you're going to bring a heck of a lot of guys into the box to try and stop that dude. A lot of play action over the top, but still, when you have a thousand yards off only 50 something catches, um, and it was his rookie year too. And we all know there's a lot of rookie receivers struggling. Um, it's just one of the positions that's incredibly tough to, you know, to, uh, to, to adapt to at the next mm-hmm. level. Um, so for him to come out and have that level of production in his rookie year uh, with Ryan Tannehill, I think was absolutely amazing. Seven had Mike Evans, 67 catches, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, about 1,100. He had 1,157. 17.3 yards a catch. He's actually a pretty decent run blocker too. This was one with Jameis Winston. It was two with another guy who's further up this list and Chris Godwin. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does with, with Tom Brady. Um, that, that team's going to be really good. But anyway, that's my, that's my eight and seven, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans. I have um, – I actually have Chris Godwin eight. I have him eight uh, just because um, I got to see another year of it. I got to see another year of it because he had – he went from – 34 receptions, 525 yards, 59 receptions, 840 yards, 86 receptions, you know, uh, 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns. So it's Bruce Arians, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and they pushed they pushed the uh, ball downfield. But even before that, he went he, – he's steady, 15 yards per reception, 14, then 15 again. He went from one touchdown – seven touchdowns to nine touchdowns. So every year he's improved. Now, not saying that, you know, obviously he can get higher up on his list. I just like to see more. Um, so I have him at, <clears throat> have him at eight, have Keenan Allen at seven. Keenan Allen is one of my, he's one of those guys. And like I said, when I, when I did this list, I'm like, who, when I'm ranking these receivers, I'm thinking, who do I not want to guard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I always – I hated the shifty guy, like the smaller sh- shifty guys. I love guarding the big guys because I can get my hands on them. 
they may be a little bit shifty, but I get my hands on them because they're not those little guys. But Keenan Allen, he just catches the ball, man. <laughs> he just catches the ball. He no had matter where it is. No matter where it is. He's had one, two, three, four, five, 100 yard, 100 reception years. All right. Well, uh, no, he had 500, 100 target years. All right. He has two 100 reception years. So last season he had 104 receptions, 1,200 yards. All right. He's a guy, when you think about yards per reception, you want your receivers to be around like 15 and up. He's kind of between like 11 and 14. So he's your third guy. He's your third down guy. He's yeah. going to be a matchup problem no matter – you know, he he typically – he reminds me of Michael Thomas, but he, he he does because he does a lot of his work in the slot. But True. his route tree is – like, his releases off the line, he um, – so you got Devontae Adams, you got Stephon Diggs, um, Keenan Allen. Like, those three are, like, probably in your top – those are probably the top three as far as releases off the line. And you can add probably Amari Cooper in there. And just get if the if the corner is pressed and you can get him off, you know, get him off balance on the line, he's dead, no matter <laughs> who it is. And Keenan Allen does that consistently. Um, he has had he's benefited from having Phillip Rivers his entire career. So that has something to do with it too. But he's a he's a savvy route runner. I have him at seven. <laughs> I like Keenan Allen. I had him at nine. Um, I would have liked to have, have him a little bit higher. I think one of the main reasons I had him down here is because I want to see him with Tyrod this year. Um, excuse me. I want to see him with Tyrod this year. Mostly because he has he, – I think he has benefited from playing with, with Rivers, and so I'm interested to see how he makes the adjustment from Tyrod and then inevitably the adjustment the year after to Herbert, which – is really going to show you how good he is um, between sort of transforming or transforming rather from Rivers to those two guys. So that'd be an interesting perspective, but I like Keenan Allen, like you said, for some of the, for many of the same reasons. Um, I'm going to go to number five and at five, I've got Devonte Adams, which was, uh, I did not expect him to be that high when I, when I, when I, when I really sat down to do this, but um I think two things. One is when I take a look at wideouts, I like to be able to 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 think about not only stats, like a, a, I, a lot of this stuff seems like it's stats driven, but I think like what separates the top five for me from the from the bottom five, not bottom bottom five, but the top ten, is sort of big big play production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, on on third down, can I just throw it in the vicinity of you, and you're gonna catch the football? Um, and so Devontae Adams last year, he only had 83 catches, 997 yards, five touchdowns, and he's an awful run blocker. Um, but he averaged 12 yards a catch. Decent. Not quite at that elite level where you want guys to be, like you said, 15 or higher, even, you know, sort of etched into 14 because a lot of these receivers are starting to be, you know, more, um, you know, more, more targets to replace some of the run game that used to be on first and second down. But um, I don't know. I just went through and watched some Packers games in the last couple of weeks mostly because I keep ragging on Aaron Rodgers, and I'm like, all right, I need some more, you know, I need some more tape for this so I can continue with, with my argument. Um, but he's just a machine. Whenever, whenever Aaron needs a, a safety valve, whenever he needs to, you know, um, 
get a throw out there. He's just always there. Um, and I think that's one of the key things. He shows up on, on third down and is always involved um, in the offense whenever, they're, whenever um, you know, that team needs a big play. So I got Adams at number five. Um, I want to I want to wait to to go into the into the top top, the four. top four. Yeah. Oh well, at number three I had I had Godwin. Um, <laughs> so, Aces catches thirteen hundred yards, nine touchdowns. I get fifteen and a half yards for for catch is pretty big. Now, yeah. granted, <clears throat> excuse me, and I think this is one of the reasons why. You know, this is a different episode. Probably when we do a Saints preview, why I, I think I think Jameis might be on his way to. Uh, I don't want to say Kurt Warner career. Kurt Warner's a Hall of Famer. Um, but it would not I, surprise I know me. You know, it would not surprise me to have that hat for him to have that kind of career because he made huge strides last year. And yeah, everybody rags on him, including me, for calling him <laughs> Mr. 30 for 30. But I mean, you, you have to. But you have to, one. Two, you mentioned this a few weeks ago on, on the pod where, you know, Bruce Arians in his first year as head coach. Quarterbacks throw a lot of interceptions. They do. Uh, they take a lot of chances. Quarterback included. Carson Palmer included. I mean, so I think it's a matter of, like, making the adjustments. And Bruce wants guys to be, to be you know, gunslingers. He wants them to go downfield. He understands the NFL. He understands offense. I think in his mind, it's like, yeah, I'm, you know, just third and third and 12, we're going to sling that thing. We're going to go down for his second and, you know, 14. We're going downfield. What's the likelihood of us getting this first down if we just go dink and dunk? Not much. Mm-hmm. Like, people think about – Oh, second and 14? It's only 14 yards. Bruh, I don't think folks understand how hard it is to get a first down in the NFL, yes. let alone yes. score a touchdown, right? Yes. And so I think, I think it is about, like, you run the ball on first down, you lose a yard, like, your probability of getting a first down has decreased by, I don't know the exact numbers, um, but pretty substantially. And so in Bruce's mind, I think when, when you – and they didn't have a good offensive line last year either, but he just wants his guys to go downfield. So Jameis went downfield a lot, put up a lot of numbers, 30 touchdowns, put up a lot of bad numbers, 30 interceptions. But I, I can see a Kurt Warner-type career for him. One, because I think New Orleans is the perfect landing spot. I can't stand Sean Payton, but he can coach football. Um, and, you know, if you're looking for someone to sort of be the replacement for a Hall of Famer um, and Drew Brees, who I can't stand anymore either, but <laughs> he can play football. Uh, he made an apology. Yeah. Let me move on. Um <laughs> But I could really see the second half of his career really being a renaissance, really getting him into annual Pro Bowl status, honestly. Um, and so that's why I actually had Godwin at three beforehand. But then mm-hmm. I thought about sort of the, the context around it um, and the Bruce Arians-led offense, an offensive line that wasn't that good. So they struggled to run the football, um, them wanting to go downfield, so on and so forth. But anyway, that's my explanation around Godwin at number four. And I think Jameis is going to be pretty good whenever he gets to start in New Orleans. Maybe it'll be this year. Who knows? Um, it's not going to happen. Let's pipe three. It's not. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> top three. I feel like our top three is the same. But I'm going to let you roll it out. All right. Uh, all right. So, since I had Devontae Adams, um, route, route King, uh, releases are crazy, large catch radius. Uh, Want to see him without Aaron Rodgers, too, though. So I like to. I, I want to see these receivers who blossom. I want to see them without, you know, the great quarterback. But I think he still deserves to be in the top ten. Uh, five, I have Mike Evans. Five, I have Mike Evans. I, I like. I love. I actually love Mike Evans. Um, Me too. He he catches 
everything. And you, you can go back to Texas and them days with Johnny Manziel. The guy torched Alabama Beast. for like 250. And he just, he just catches everything, man. And he's not as crazy. He's not like 4-4 guy. But he just he goes over the top, man. He gets open all the time. And if it's near him, he catches it. So Mike Evans at five. I have um, Tyreek Hill at four. And I have Tyreek Hill. And it's mainly, it's mainly because I think you said it at the start, like big play. Like you need, I don't care. Like the, the play in the Super Bowl where I think it was third and 15, second and 15, he catches like a 30, 40 yard pass. Uh, the corner did, it was, it was, I think it was cover three. The corner did something stupid. I was, I was rooting for the, the Chiefs, but when he did that, I'm like, dude, you're stupid. You just get, you literally gave up the game. They went because you're, you're being, in the fourth quarter. You're being greedy. Anyway, but <laughs> Tyree Hill is big play waiting to happen. You can use them in more ways than just, you know, you know, just running routes. And when he first came into the league, he was basically Miko Hartman. Yeah. And but now he does way more than just run go routes. Like I, if you watch, if you actually watch him, he can run routes. He has, you know, to come back, the dig, the, you know, obviously the post and the go, but his routes have gotten so much better. He doesn't drop a lot of passes either. And that's kind of surprising for a burner because they tend to drop a lot of passes. But, you know, he he just big play waiting to happen. Um, shows up in big time games. Granny has, you know, probably arguably the best quarterback in the league, but still, yeah. you gotta give him a target. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm I'm taking him. I'm, and, and and again, I'm thinking about who would I want to guard? Who would I not want to guard? So I'm taking him. Like, I, I listen, if I had a choice between anybody that I name below. I'm, I'm I'm looking at it right now. So I would rather I would rather guard Chris Godwin <laughs> than Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Devonta Adams because they're big guys. This is just me personally. Uh, Stephon Diggs is probably my height <laughs> in reality, but and he's not as fast. So I'm, I'm, and I'm thinking about it that way. Uh, so yeah, that's why I had him at four. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, a, um, a lot. A lot of people don't think he's top five. A lot of people don't, you know, have him on their list. But you, you can't argue the production, and he's gotten better as far as his overall skill set. So that's, that's why I put him on there. That's fair. I we pride ourselves with not being biased. Yeah, and ninety percent of the time I'm not. I I just don't like him for personal know. reasons. <laughs> you know why? Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> you know, I I just I just tend to just eliminate abusers from from my thought process. But you know, we're not here to talk about the past. Um, that's the sole reason why I didn't really consider them. But gotcha. all of your football arguments are more than valid. Um, <laughs> if I was being unbiased, I'd probably have them at five and just not do a tie with Amari Cooper and Cortland Sutton at ten. Um, so I'm with you. I'm with you. I see that. The only I I would say, and he missed he missed four games last year. I think. Yeah, he missed some time last year. Um, was it suspension? Uh, yeah, I, it was. Yeah, it was. Was it? 
it was suspension or an injury. I think it was both, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, because this year before, 2018 was ridiculous. 87 ridiculous. catches, 1,400 yards, and 12 touchdowns. And that was the same that, year Pat Mahomes just went full Dan Marino in, in 83 on us. I think it was 83, yeah. whatever year. Um, but the year before that, even with Alex Smith. He had 1,100. 1,100 yards, 15 yards per uh, catch. You know, hard to argue with that. Um, yeah, Tyree Hills. Did you, did you watch Project 11, by the way, on ESPN mm-hmm. by Alex Smith? Man. I, I need to watch it. I need to watch it. It was pretty good. It's pretty good. And I always liked him. He was always, you know, always seemed like a pretty good, genuine guy. I think he had a bad rap. Once he got labeled the game manager, and it was just like, dude, you're in the Andy Reid offense, and he's throwing 28 touchdowns, almost 4,000. That's not a game manager. That's not a game manager. <laughs> like, what are y'all talking about? I don't understand. Even with San Fran, Harbaugh came, and they opened it up. They opened it. Like, I don't understand. And he only lost his job because, like, Here's this dynamic sort of playmaker yes. who, you know, only a handful of the guys have the skill set in Colin Kaepernick, which everybody likes to forget. He started a Super Bowl and then what, two other NFC title title games? Mm-hmm. Different conversation. But and that's Could've only won a Super Bowl. Could have won a Super Bowl. <laughs> thank thank goodness he didn't. Um, exactly. But like that was the reason why he lost his job in San Fran. Goes to Kansas City. It's like cool. Oh, and I think even honestly, that probably started seeping into them. And look, like maybe Andy Reid said. You know, in order for us to take this next step, we need a guy who's a little bit more dynamic, yada, yada, yada. But they didn't know they were getting what they got out of Patrick Mahomes. Like, you know, you probably they, thought he was good. Both coaches knew they were getting a more dynamic guy. They were, right. A guy with more potential. Exactly. And, and they figure, hey, I can bring out this potential. Whereas Alex Smith, we're kind of, this is where we are. We know what we're getting. And they were right. Both teams were right. But that doesn't make Alex Smith a bad quarterback. <laughs> no. And, and before he broke his leg – they were six. Yeah. First place. Solid season. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they would have went to the Super Bowl, but if you're asking me if they had a chance to make a deep run that year, absolutely. Yeah. Like, so, um, anyway, I'm a big fan of Alex Smith. But, um, yeah, and then a little Project 11 thing. They showed his, like, leg post, post-surgery. Um, so, if you're squeamish. I need to watch it. Yeah, if you're squeamish, don't. I'm, I'm not. I like that stuff. Okay. Good, <laughs> good, good. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy where he's bounced back from. Um, top three. I'm going to just read them off. All right. Michael Thomas, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones. Same list. Um, I already knew we were going to have the same as that list. And, you know, we, we talk bad about <laughs> Michael Thomas enough. So I'm, I'm going to let you go ahead on Michael Thomas. Um, the only thing I was surprised by is uh, not surprised, but when I sort of dove into it a little bit with Nuke, I was I was – taken aback by how low his yards per catch were at 11. But at the same time, when Deshaun Watson never has time to throw the ball. Ever. Um, so he's got to get that thing out of there quick. And it's like at a certain point, you know, uh, you, you ever seen that meme on Twitter where it's Matt Ryan getting ready to launch it? And it's like, F it, Julio yeah. Dot. Uh-huh, yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's Deshaun in most That's cases. Deshaun. <laughs> that, was, that was Deshaun and Duke. It was just like. I got 1.5 no seconds to throw the ball. I I can't run through my reads because I'm about to get killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here you go. Toss that thing up, man. Oh, uh, <laughs> so that's my man. And then when it comes to to you know Julio, well, I I don't really think it's close to be honest. People always talk about the lack of touchdowns and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. t- touch. That's because everybody plays fantasy football. Just just read off the stats, man. Just you know. 
Last year alone. To, people need to hear the the it's sick. <laughs> last year alone, 99 catches, 1,394 yards, six touchdowns. That's, that's a down year. That's a down year. People can listen, I listen to uh not not that much anymore, but when my drive was a little bit longer, I listen to 929 the game is Atlanta Sports Talk Radio. You don't understand how many radio hosts and fans complain about Julio Jones just because of the touchdowns. Who Dude, cares? do you not see these numbers? Okay, if he catches whatever, if he catches zero touchdowns, but he got that 40 yard, you know, uh reception to get you on the 10 yard line. Big play guy. Dude, your offense <laughs> got to get the ball in. Like, he, he's so, been a big play guy since day one. Day one. Right. Day one. Since 2014, he's been the best receiver in the league. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. And made the best catch in Super Bowl history. I don't care what anybody says. Should have been including, the game catch. Including David Tyree. I don't – because there, there was no skill in David Tyree's catch. I'm sorry. Nope. It was all luck. Yeah. Um, And, you know, luck is good. It, it, it won him a title. That's fantastic. But – Julio's the best catch because it's the most skilled. Made the best catch in Super Bowl history. And, yo, let, let me just read these numbers for 14. And 19, <laughs> and I'm have to, man. It's ridiculous. 14, 104 catches, 1,593 yards, six touchdowns. 15, 136 <laughs> for 1,871 and eight touchdowns. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? He's 6'4", 230, runs a 4'3", and he's catching 136 passes while being double-teamed. There's no, there was no Roddy White anymore. No. No, no Tony Gonzalez. Muhammad Sanu, forget that. Come on. <laughs> this is that. 16, this was Kyle Shanahan year. 83 catches, 1,409 yards, six touchdowns. And Kyle Shanahan is known for throwing the ball around. Yep. Like you, you're not going to catch 100 catches in Kyle Shanahan's offense. He still had 83 for 1,400. 17, 88 catches, 1,443 yards. This is the year everybody points to with, uh, with the three yeah. touchdowns. So. He had 16, 16 yards a catch. <laughs> they were 10 and 6 that year. Under, with almost, Steve Starkeesian. Come on, man. That's why he had three touchdowns. In, exactly, in the first year. Then the second year with Steve. <laughs> 113, 113 catches. This is ridiculous. 1,677 yards. Eight touchdowns, 14.8 yards per catch. Two-time All-Pro, two-time first-team All-Pro. I mean, best wide receiver. The, the, the thing I, I point to is the yards per game is 96. And it's only 96 because of his first year. <laughs> but he had uh, 54 receptions. His second, his first year, he averaged seventy-three yards. His second year, he averaged seventy-four yards per game. Then he goes one sixteen, one hundred six, one sixteen, one hundred ninety, one hundred four, ninety-two. Come on, man! You're almost averaging, and and it's a difference between when we're averaging. Obviously, some sometimes you can say, okay, that's inflated because he has so many. Uh, he had some 100-yard games or maybe he had a couple 200-yard games. And do this consistently over 100 yards per game. He's not like having unless uh, it was that, I think, that one year when he went for 250, like twice. But other than that, he's over 100 yards mm-hmm. every game pretty much. Like it's a consistent measure. Because like, like you said, some wideouts, like they have four weeks of 
nine exactly. for, for 180. Exactly. And then they just, they just disappear other weeks. He's literally, hey, I'm going to have my seventh for 114. Yep. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what he is. And if, if we're being honest, he can literally have 10 for, you know, 180. If they wanted to force feed him, which exactly. they could. But my whole thing with, uh, like I'm looking at Michael Thomas. So oh, he Lord. averages um, 87, 87, 87 and a half yards per game. This past year was inflated because he had a 107. He also had 185 targets. Every year he hasn't averaged, he hasn't had less than 121 targets in the season. So um, I'm not saying that, you know, Obviously, that's your best. That's your best player or your best receiver. You get the ball to. Him. Not saying that. Um, when I went into only only and most people who most people who talk about all right, most people who talk about Michael Thomas about how he's not the best receiver. All we point to is okay, he does this and he gets his yards. Which okay, bro, you you do whatever you have to do for your team to get yards. But right. when you look at DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, some of these other guys, they're doing so, so many more spectacular things and having the same numbers with not as good a quarterback or not as good as an offensive system. So you got to put that in perspective. Michael Thomas is top three receiver. He's just not the best, and that's fine. And that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> that's fine. That's okay. And it's not just about how many balls you get. Like I, and what was, what was the, the the deciding thing for me is that, like, there there is no seminal moment where I think about a spectacular catch that Michael Thomas made. Nope. Whereas there are big-time spectacular catches that Nuke and Julio have made and key moments in big games. When I, th when I think about new, I think about literally last, was it last year or the year before with the Cowboys? Yeah. Yeah, and he, he does like three spin moves to get the first down, they win that game. Yeah. Julio Jones, you can just point to one with the Super Bowl. He has many more, but you can point to the 250-yard game against the Packers when they were trash. Like, you can point to moments with Michael Thomas. It's, hey, I'm going to go 11, you know, 11 catches whatever, how many yards against uh, Miami. <laughs> and we win by two touchdowns. <laughs> but it, it's not memorable. No. So, yeah, we're, we're mean, on the same page. If you have 185 targets, you should, you should catch the ball 149 times. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, congratulations. Look, Michael Thomas is great. Top, you know, <laughs> top three wide receiver in the game. You know, definitely – you know, he made first team all pro twice. I'm with it. But if you're asking me if I get to pick between him, Nuke, and Julio, and I'm having a rough decision there, I'm gonna cut Michael Thomas out first. Oh, and, yeah. then I'm a, and then I'm gonna figure out who I want <laughs> Julio and Nuke. But we'll it's just not close. Now the there's a huge gap between him and four, too, and the rest of them. It, it, it is. So I'll give I'll give him that. Like he got a hundred million dollars for a reason. I just don't like us talking to like people. There are there are a good amount of people who think he's the best wide receiver in the game. And I'm just like, do y'all do you do you do you watch football? They're not, like, they're not watching tape. And, and, and there's always a balance between like tape and statistics. It and is. you know, and, and you can't argue with the stats, and that's why he's number three. And when you put the tape on and you watch him and you watch Julio and you watch Nuke, I and just watch who he's getting covered by. And watch and I, my whole thing is 
I, I honestly don't know why defenses don't double team him as much as they need to, because he is a threat, but they just don't. <laughs> they really don't. Yeah. I, I don't see him double team. I see Julio Jones double team every single game. But I wish I could find a stat for that. I've looked for it, but I can't. I need the, those next gen stats. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to find. It. And then, but for me, it's like the last two, um, and we can wrap on this. The last two postseason appearances were Michael Thomas. They've been subpar. Yep. Last year against Minnesota, seven catches for 70 yards. Mm-hmm. The MC title game the year before, four catches for 36 yards. Now, maybe they got – Who did they play? They played the Rams in that NFC title game. <laughs> and then last year they got sent home by the Vikings. So, both of these are at home. Now, I'll give them – everybody said, oh, it was first playoff game against Carolina. One half. Eight catches, 131 yards. I give you that. Um, even in the NFC Divisional the year before that, seven catches, 85 yards, two touchdowns. Great. The last two years, and they've been, you know – Lots best, of people's favorites in the NFC. Best team in the NFC. And they've been knocked been. out. Like, I just, I didn't, I didn't see enough there in big games. Um, and, and, and I think, like, I think this is a big year. I mean, this is a big year for that team, that offense in general. Um, but I'm just, I'm interested to see how he makes. I don't want to say the adjustment, but I want to see what that dynamic between him and Breeze is like. First of all, now that it's gonna be know, different. They're, they're. They're playing lovey-dovey, but he – and we can talk about this, like, on another pod. Drew Brees apologized, but it's like, okay, then you called out Commissioner Goodell. Show us – like, we just don't need to when – you, when you cheat on your girlfriend, she doesn't take you back after you say you're sorry. <laughs> she doesn't make it that easy. No, sir. You got to <laughs> so, put some work in. <laughs> you got to put some more work in, bro. And that's for you to figure out, but – that dynamic is going to be different, and the players are not going to get that out of their head. I'm, I'm, I've been in a locker room. You just – you don't forgive that easy. Nope. I, it, it's not going to take them from 12 and 4 to – I don't think they're going to be 6 to 10, but I didn't think they were going to be, you know, 11, 12 wins coming into this year anyway. So, we'll see. Smooth 8 and 8. But, <clears throat> yeah, I'll be interested to see if, if defenses finally make – that adjustment because I don't know who I don't know who else is on that team to to throw the football to. Um, they like signed Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm not I'm not afraid of Emmanuel Sanders. So I'm not afraid either. I'm just he's a solid second option, <laughs> but I'm not afraid of him. Like I'm just going I'm just going to double Michael Thomas, jam him up, you know, beat him up off the line, and like dare you to beat me. And like it's Drew Brees, so he'll find a way to beat me. Oh, but yeah. I don't know. I just I'm not a Michael Thomas guy. That's that's, <laughs> yeah, that's that. Um, any 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 pardon shots, Kelly? Nah, um, I think uh, Saints fans don't hate us. My boy Rob, uh, we we go back and forth all the time. He say, you know, don't argue. You can't argue stats. You know, blah blah blah. He's saying y'all like all that cute stuff. He just gets the catches or whatever. That's true. And I, okay, bro, get your money, get your catches. Help your team win, but watch the game, man. <laughs> He's put, not better than those top two guys. I put it this way. If, 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 if there was a, a catch to be made in a conference title game that your life literally depended on, uh-huh. and you could pick one guy, Julio Jones or Michael Thomas. I'm picking Julio. I'm picking Who – Who you <laughs> And that, I honestly, might go hot because he don't drop nothing for real. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no, that, that would be a close one, too. Who you But, yeah, yeah. 
I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He would have to swallow his pride and say Julio Jones. Oh, without question. Without even, question. Though he, even though my boy hates the Falcons. It's which is understandable because he's a Saints fan. It's all good, man. We love the Saints, man. All, all love. All love. Um, appreciate you, man. Looking forward to next week. Uh, I'm excited that it's already June. I need some football in my life. I need sports in general, but I definitely need football. Start uh, practice next week, man. So, hey. I'm about to have some football back in my life. <laughs> it's coming back. It's coming back. Talking season coming up, y'all. We got a lot of good stuff, a lot of season previews for college and NFL. If you like the pod, make sure you subscribe. We're on Apple's podcast, Spotify. Working on getting on Google Podcasts, too, so hang in with us there. If you like the material, make sure you share it on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Hit us up at relentless.love. You can email me, Fred, at relentless.love, or uh, Kelly at relentless.love. We'll see y'all next week. Take care, brother. All right, man.